Well, good morning. We want to welcome you here. We are glad that you've all come to join us on this important year in, in the life of Wildwood. 75 years is uh, three score and some. And uh, the Lord has blessed. And maybe it's, it's relevant that we're living on borrowed time. And we, we pray that we are not here for another 75 years and that the Lord is going to be coming soon. A little addition to that introduction, Michelle, thank you for those kind words. The Lord has blessed us abundantly. As we were convicted to get into uh, medical missionary work, it was an interesting journey. The Lord convicted us to uh, sell a portion of our farm, get out of debt, and get into his work. And as he brought that to pass, we had no way to go. And I can remember walking out of my house, past my sheds. I used to raise ostriches and gora goats and cattle, sheep, and look at this all and say, Lord, now what? The Lord had a plan, and it was a plan that was maybe different to what we had, but yet in his time, he brought us to this place called Wildwood. And I can remember looking at the financial system and how people lived here. And even from South Africa, the exchange rate today is 1 to 13. At that time, it was much better than that. And I was, $200, $300 a month? You crazy. I'm not going to that. But then the Lord started speaking to my mind and saying, well, there's people that are living on that system. Why can't you? And the Lord worked it out to bring us here, and it has been a blessed experience. We have grown much here. It's been maybe some of the frustrating, most frustrating times of my life as well. Um, some of the most trying I like to operate machinery. It always does what you make it do. Uh, people aren't always like that. And my only regret is that I didn't get involved in this work so much earlier. And I, I got to rub shoulders with Brother Jensen. He'd always walk by and say, young man, do you know what you're doing? and I'd be operating some piece of equipment. And I'd look at that and say, he's, he's been in this work so long, I wish that I'd had that opportunity. Yet the Lord had other lessons to teach, to teach me, and I believe fully that the Lord brings us through a path and teaches us before for what we're about to experience later. I never envisioned myself doing what I'm doing today. I probably would have never come had I known that I would find myself in the role that I fill today. 
And, I, and through what I want to share this morning, I, I want to encourage um, those of you that are maybe on the verge of making a decision to become involved in this work. The Lord is looking for committed people. Total commitment. And we'll unravel that a little as we go on. I got an email last night. It was an interesting email from Dr. Zeno Charles Marcel. He shares his greetings with all of us here and congratulates Wildwood on 75 years of existence. He's in the Philippines, and, uh, but wanted to be remembered. Uh, he was our VP for Medical Affairs until recently when he joined the General Conference. So before we start, let's just offer another word of prayer. Father in heaven, we find ourselves here on the cusp of eternity. Time is running out. But right here, practically today, we want to praise you and honor you for what you have done in the last 75 years of Wildwood's history. And we know that if it were not for you, we wouldn't be here. And so as we, we look at some principles and aspects here this morning, we pray for the presence of your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. As I was considering what to share this morning and reviewing some history, there was a, a certain person that many of you might be familiar with, some of you older ones, Sister Ruth Moyer. And she had written Wildwood's history, and it, it kind of fitted into what I thought of sharing this morning. And so I'll share snippets of what she said. And she starts out with questions. What brought a group of people to this spot at the end of 1941? to start a lifestyle center. Why was it? What was the reasoning behind it? What were their motives? And what caused them to believe that they wanted to work together? Some interesting questions. And as I reviewed what she had shared, I came to the conclusion, and maybe the answer is, was it because they were convicted that they needed to fulfill our marching orders. And so what are our marching orders? And uh, you might not understand it much in that terminology, but our marching orders were given by Jesus before he ascended to heaven. In Matthew 28, and turn there if you have your Bibles with you, and I trust you do, Matthew 28 and verse 18 to 20, the Great Commission, right? And Jesus came and spake to them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Now, Jesus paints this uh, Great Commission in, in, a, in an important concept for us human beings to understand. All power. He's not sending us forth without any authority without power, he says, because I have been given all power, and so it's with that authority and with that power that I'm asking you to do something. 
It's been given to me both here on this earth and in heaven. And then he says, go he therefore. You know, that little word, therefore, is, is interesting because it always rides on something else. And that something else is, of course, this all power. So he says, go he because I've given you all this power. And what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to go and do? He, just, he doesn't just say go. He gives us what we are supposed to do, our job description, as it were. Teach all nations. That is a big task, which is correlated to the all power, because you can't teach all nations without authority and power. Teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Then he goes on, he says, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And what had Jesus commanded them to do? Go and make disciples. But what? There, were, there was something else. You can't make disciples without an important ingredient. And the gospel hinges on this ingredient. And we are told whether we can teach, preach, or whatever we can do, it is like a sounding gong or a banging cymbal if we don't have what? Love. Wow. Christ presented to us the love of the Father. And he says, teach others about this love of the Father. To observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And then he says, I'm not going to leave you just on your own. I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. And it's ended with amen. And the translation of that word is so be it. Our marching orders. And maybe that's why this group of people came here in 1941 to answer the call, to answer the commission given. This first, as they, these first people here, Elder Frizee and the group that was here, they conducted their first institute in borrowed tents. Well, if you're going forth in all this power, how come you start with such humble beginnings? You don't even have anything to start with, but they borrowed tents to start that first institute. Builders, farmers, nurses, and others came to attend these classes. Sister Moya writes, when there are not needs, there is no reason for a miracle. Do you have needs? Is there a reason for a miracle in your life today? 
Have you presented to Christ those needs? She goes on and says, I've heard our founder state it this way. We think of a vision that leads to a burden. A burden leads to a prayer. Prayers that lead to effort. Effort that leads to sacrifice. Sacrifice that leads to the need of a miracle from God. Folks, do we have a vision? Do we have a burden? Do we have a prayer? Are we willing to put forth the effort that is required to bring this about? You see, there's a statement that says, if we only pray, we will soon cease to pray. We need to pray and work. The effort leads to sacrifice. We live in a world today where sacrifice is a foreign word. Nobody wants to sacrifice today. We want what we want. We want it yesterday. And we want it way better than our parents had it. We want to climb the ladder to the top in one step. We don't want to go through the experience of building. I see young people today without that experience that creates character. In John 14, verse 12, the text for this theme. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also. Well, what were the works that Jesus did? Jesus went about making friends. Jesus went about meeting people's needs. Jesus went about loving people. And then he bid them follow me. Christ's method alone. And greater works than these shall he do. Because why? Because I go to my Father. The only reason that Christ said that we can do greater works is because that he went to his Father and he saw with prophetic eye the seed that he had planted, the people that were willing to adopt the vision to make the sacrifice, to put forth the effort, to make the commitment to join in the ministry of restoration. You see, God's original plan was health, happiness, and eternal life. Sin came along and marred that plan. But he had a backup plan, as it were. A plan that would cost him everything. And God's current plan is the restoration 
of health, happiness, and eternal life. And he's calling us to be part of that restorative work to show people that there is an answer to sin's dilemma, to this earth's problems, and it's in Christ Jesus. He didn't mean specifically that we would do greater things than he did. What he meant, that the work that would be carried on, learned from him, would have greater magnitude than what he had started. He didn't refer only to miracle working, but all that would take place under the agency of the Holy Spirit. You see, in John 15, verse 26 and 27, when Jesus leaves, he says, When the Comforter is come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me, and he also shall bear witness, because he hath been with me from the beginning. The power of God, through the vehicle of the Holy Spirit, impacting the lives of committed human beings to touch the lives of others. The Savior's promise at that time and to his disciples is to his church and to the end of time. All who will go to work, trusting not in themselves. It's pointless, folks, to trust in ourselves. We cannot do it. We are told we have nothing good in us. We don't want to acknowledge that because, they, you know, there has to be something, right? Well, no. He says nothing. How much is that? Nothing. The only good that comes from us is from Him. And how we are willing to cooperate with Him. We will realize the fulfillment of His promise as we cooperate with him. Sister Moyer goes on and says, Wildwood has been singularly blessed with workers as we needed them, treating patients' illnesses with a major emphasis on natural remedies rather than on drugs requires team effort. Nursing, clinical services, food preparation, housekeeping, business, administration always demand education and skill. The practice of prevention and treatment with the emphasis on natural remedies also demands sympathizing hearts and willing hands, and the Lord has graciously provided the team that we need. I didn't find what year she wrote this, but it's a number of years ago. The experience that I've had is that this is still true today. Recently, we've been praying for physicians and other team members, and the Lord is still answering that call. 
as I listen to our lifestyle guests' testimonies at the end of their program at graduation, I am astonished. I get to see the inside story, all the mistakes that we make, and somehow they don't see it. All they see is sympathizing, compassionate, loving people reaching out to them to meet their needs. Praise the Lord. We are blessed still today with a wonderful team of workers that are willing to answer this call of commitment and serving others. The greatest blessing that we can experience here on this earth is in service. And Christ came to demonstrate that service to us. Jesus declared that he could do nothing of himself but what he seeth the Father do. Are we taking time enough to see what Jesus does? To see what the Father does? You see, his relationship with the Father did not allow him to do anything against the Father's will. The question comes down to us today. Our relationship with Jesus Christ, is it strong enough? Is it deep enough to not allow us to do anything contrary to His will? And unfortunately, I dare say this morning that the reason that we are still here today shows that that relationship is not yet deep enough. So the call that I make to us this morning is a deeper walk, a closer walk, digging deep into that fountain of life so that we will not do anything that is contrary to His will, following Christ's example with His Father. So long as we are faithful to our high stewardship, we may feel warranted in claiming the blessings and the promises of our Master. The disciples had a gospel to preach. They had a message to give to the world. They needed to tell about Christ as he walked as a man. They needed to share about this man of sorrows. They needed to share about Christ in his humiliation, taken by wicked men and wicked hands, crucified, but they needed to share also about Christ that rose from the dead, ascended to heaven into the presence of God to be our advocate. Folks, don't let anybody tell you anything different. Jesus Christ is in the heavenly sanctuary in the most holy place today, interceding for you and I. And he's coming back. He's coming back to receive his own. 
the apostles went forth with courage and hope. They knew that the most acceptable way of waiting for Christ was to work for him. I know that we see that today. Those of you that have experienced that calling and are in this work, working together with him to hasten his return, that's the best way to wait. Time passes quickly then. If you're waiting for someone and you just sit and wait, time goes slowly. But if you are involved getting ready in preparation for the visit. We've spent some time over these past weeks in preparing our campus for this event. Time went quickly. I think sometimes we wished we had a little more time. Are we weeping between the porch and the altar, recognizing we need a little more time because we are not ready yet? There's still a work to do. There's still people to reach. There are still people that have not heard of Jesus Christ. This same work given to the apostles is given to us today. Sister Moyer keeps writing and says, Wildwood is directly or indirectly related to approximately 100 other small institutions. Pastor Atwood shared last night a number of those. Some were started by people who have been students or workers here. Others have been started with the counsel and advice from Elder Frizee and or Warren Wilson, who had taken a keen interest in this type of work and was used by God in a special way to influence and develop the work. All these institutions are health-oriented, whether they be restaurants, bakeries, academies, conditioning centers, or others. And they are found in 23 countries. She says, no one boasts of any accomplishment, for it is God who makes it all possible. More recently, I believe we can safely add another 50 projects that can trace their roots back to Wildwood's influence. These, under the leadership of Pastor Atwood, Pastor Charles Cleveland, Lou Keith, Light with James, Hartley, and others, have been continuing to build projects and prepare people to stand in the judgment. Folks, this work is continuing. We need to gather around, to join together, to press together, to finish this work. This is why our mission statement today says that we strive to be a thriving, effective ministry providing educational health, business, and evangelistic services to our local and worldwide communities for the salvation of souls. Our vision to permeate our local communities with holistic health and well-being, serving as a training hub and launching pad for the expansion of lifestyle centers, educational institutions, and city missions around the world. Folks, this is where we are headed. This is our work We need to keep pressing together to achieve this end. Uh, As Spirit of Prophecy points out, we should have a lifestyle center like this outside of every major city. Where are they? Well, some are growing. 
As I've traveled through this past year, there are lifestyle centers that are popping up all around the world. There are people with burdens. We need to give people a message. People are sick. We need to meet them and draw them and show them that there is a heavenly Father that wants to restore their health, their soul, and their emotional and spiritual well-being. We can't do this on our own. Jesus Christ is our efficiency in all things. His Spirit is to be our inspiration. And as we place ourselves in His hands, to be malleable as clay, to, be, to have that plasticity, we can become channels of light. Our resources and power come from Jesus Christ. And as we work with him, he will give us that power. As we draw upon his fullness, fullness and receive of that grace which has no limit. There is no limit to what we can do. What are these greater works that he's speaking about? You know, there are some requisites to do these greater works. If our lips are touched with a living coal from the altar, there's an if there. We ask God, I'm a man of unclean lips. I can't do what you ask. But then he takes that coal from the altar and touches our lips. Then we can reveal to the world the wonderful love manifested by God in giving Jesus. It rests with us to walk in the light, to make the most of every opportunity and privilege, to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is the way that we can work the works of Christ and ensure for ourselves treasure in heaven. Souls are to be gathered to Jesus. But the question is, where are the reapers? I joined a seminar at ASI recently on TMI. Do you know what TMI is? Total Member Involvement, an initiative of the General Conference. This is being used to finish the work. And the example given, there was much pre-work done. But in two weeks in Rwanda, in over 1,200 sites, an evangelistic series was carried out and over 100,000 people were baptized. Total member involvement. Are we involved enough? We need to recognize that we have been called and chosen to be Christ's ministers. The question comes is, what is our level of commitment? Do we just want to indulge in evangelistic tourism and go back to our normal jobs? Or are we willing to get involved for the Lord totally? Total commitment, giving and sacrificing all that we have for the furtherance of His work.
God is waiting to do great things for us. And He can only do that as we come into the right relation with Him. You see, along with TMI comes total commitment. We need to ask ourselves the question in the light of eternity, if we focus on our ultimate goal, what is this world really worth? Luke 10 verse 2 says, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. As I've traveled to a number of places through this past year, the cry goes up all around this world. Where are the people to do this work? We need people. We need committed people to run projects. I need a manager. I need this type of person, that type of person. I need accountants. Where are they? The need for trained, dedicated, committed workers. Our goal here at Wildwood is to train dedicated, committed workers to go out and meet the needs of proclaiming the gospel. There is no reason why we should not be growing in efficiency and power to do the work of God. The Lord wants us to use every iota of the ability He has given us. Are we looking for every iota? Are we searching for every iota? Are we willing to expend every iota for the work of God? As we do that, he promises we shall have improved and increased ability to employ that that he gives us. God desires that we shall have a thorough understanding of the truth as it is in Jesus. Folks, this is important for us today. Do we understand the truth as it is in Jesus? And I believe we do, but do we understand it enough? And is it spurring us to greater works? What does this require? Those who work for God are to be self-sacrificing. Christ gave his life for us, withholding nothing. We need to ask our quest, ourselves a question this morning. How much are we withholding? Are we withholding something? Or are we willing to give all? To give all for the cause. Christ gave his life for us, withholding nothing. Let those who work for him show a spirit of self-sacrifice and an earnest desire to carry the work forward with expedition, realizing that it is a work which must be done as speedily as possible. Folks, time is running out. He's coming back, ready or not. He's waiting for us to get even more involved. In Acts 28, verse 30 and 31, Paul dwelt two whole years in his own retired house and received all that came unto him, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching those things which concern the Lord Jesus Christ with all confidence, no man forbidding him. This man was in chains. Committed, we must fight the good faith, fight of faith. Satan is going to try and discourage us. We need more wisdom and confidence today than we had yesterday. 
Are we satisfied with our feeble attainments? God is looking for faithful men and women, men and women who will pick up the torch, not be worried about applause, not be worried about the wages they will or won't receive, and not worried about the sacrifices they will endure. Are we measuring our commitment by the amount of sacrifice required? God is looking for faithful men and women who will recognize the urgency of the times and will be willing to agonize and organize. Are we agonizing and organizing for the cause of Christ? Are we committed enough to recognize that there's need for organization and agonization? We need to realize that the success of our mission lies not only in what we can do, but our steadfast dependence on Him. He's waiting for men and women who will carry His torch over the finish line so that we can go home. Are you tired of this world? Or are we too comfortable? You know what? We can even get too comfortable here at Wildwood on a stipend. It's a comfortable place. Are we too comfortable? Pastor Atwood shared this last night. We have nothing to fear for the future, except as we shall forget the way the Lord has led us and his past teaching in our history. In closing, Revelation 22, verse 17, 20, and 21. And the Spirit and the bride say, Come. And let him that heareth say, Come. And that let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. Verse 20, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.